Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. He's got his mother's eyes and his father's nothing. That was the brilliant lead in a story written by Jonathan Wozen about the San Diego Zoo's discovery that California condors can reproduce without having sex. Jonathan is here now. Uh, Jonathan, really well done on the story. Like it's interesting on its own, but uh, your writing took it over the top. So good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, sometimes with with stories like this, you know, you, it, it's so unusual and interesting that you want to write it in a way that's fun and captures that aspect. So I uh, appreciate that. Okay, so give me the deets of the story. How did scientists learn this was possible? Yeah, so it's it's actually a pretty pretty cool backstory. Um, so folks that have been following the zoo know that there's been this effort for decades now to help bring California condors back from the brink of extinction. You know, in the 1980s, I think there were as few as 22 condors left on the planet. Um, all, of, all of those were, uh, birds were eventually brought into uh, zoos and facilities uh, like the San Diego Zoo and Safari Park as part of this uh, breeding program and eventually reintroduction program. So uh, the zoo and Safari Park have been you know, working with these birds for decades and working with other zoos that have done the same, uh, that have done that work as well. And in the process, they collected a whole lot of tissue from condors. So blood, feathers, you know, bits of skin, basically samples that have DNA. And you can use that to figure out how closely related two birds are. You can look at how certain traits are getting passed down from one generation to the next. So they had all these samples that were basically sitting there and they were doing some routine genetic tests on samples from basically more than 900 birds going back 30 years in time. Uh, most of that you know, was uneventful, but one of the researchers noticed that two of the birds born in captivity didn't seem to have any DNA that came from a male, that came from their, their father. Um, and they checked at 21 different sites in, uh, in the DNA and then rechecked at those same sites. So that was pretty unusual. And that led to sort of an internal conversation about what might be happening. And the only explanation that made sense was for this to be what scientists call parthenogenesis. So essentially asexual reproduction uh, comes from the Greek word parthenos, which means virgin and genesis, which you know, means creation or uh, origin. Uh, what's unusual here is that actually these female birds that hatched uh, the, the, the two chicks uh, had actually already mated with male partners in the past and the males were you know, with them the entire time. So one of the mysteries here is sort of why this happened in uh, female condors that had already reproduced sexually many times in the past, but it's all pretty, pretty unusual and pretty interesting thing to explore. I mean, are there theories so far about why it did happen? Well, not in this situation exactly. You know, parthenogenesis, I mean, just for context, it, it has been reported in birds on you know, very few occasions. So we're talking about chickens, turkeys. It's been reported in the past in quails, pigeons, uh, but but mostly in, in chickens and turkeys. And, and in those situations, uh, you know, researchers found sort of a few cases where they were detected because there was a female, there were no males in the vicinity, um, and an egg, you know, happened to hatch into a into a chick, uh, into a into a bird. So. It seems like in some situations, and this is 
you know, more common in certain fish and insects and reptiles. Uh, when you have a female that's isolated or not around males that uh, you can't have asexual reproduction. There are actually a certain lizard species that only have females, they don't have males, believe it or not. And, and so parthenogenesis is the only way that that species can uh, propagate or reproduce. In this situation, why you know, these two birds, you know, I think one of whom had hatched you know, at least 12 uh, chicks with a male partner and another almost two dozen with a partner, uh, what suddenly happened in this situation actually is still uh, unclear and, and something that uh, you know it, the zoo hasn't quite gotten to the bottom of yet. Will you remind me why California condors uh, were on the brink of extinction? I do remember learning about this in school as a kid, but I, I don't remember the answer. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of things. Uh, you know, hunting, uh, one issue they still have now is, you know, of course, these are raptors. These are you know, birds that eat uh, you know, carrion or, or dead animals. And um, so even today, you know, there are condors that are dying because they're in the process also eating uh, lead bullets or meat that's been polluted uh, with lead. That's been another issue. Uh, you know, there's also just sort of one of the inherent problems when you have a small population, as population gets smaller, you get inbreeding. So you have birds mating with other birds that they're already pretty closely related to. And so certain genetic issues can, uh, can pop up. Um, so number of things, you know, habitat loss. Uh, so yeah, that basically got to a point where, you know, conservationists had to pull, you know, all every last uh, of those 22 birds that was out there in the wild, uh, bring them in the zoo. So at that point, they were technically you know, extinct in the wild. Uh, since then, at least the latest numbers I have are as of late 2019, you know, there were about 525 or so condors and, and you know, about 300 of them were uh, you know, flying across Baja, California, Utah, uh, you know, California, the state of California. So it's, it's been a pretty significant turnaround, but it's still a relatively rare uh, species that still has challenges today. So I don't, I don't even know if you can answer. I don't even know how to ask this. With asexual reproduction, I mean, you know, it's essentially sort of a virgin birth situation. I know that we can't really know animals like intention, but it's like, is, is, is it just something that happens to the animal or is it like, I now want to reproduce and so I will? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So it seems to be that, so, so like when you, if you look, at other, because there have been other zoos that have seen parthenogenesis, not in condors, that's, that's new, but they've seen it in Komodo dragons, they've seen it in certain types of snakes, seen it in, uh, mostly in, in reptiles. But uh, you know, those are situations where you have a female that is not partnered up with a male. So it, it seems like it's a strategy that can be used in that situation where you don't have a mate. Uh, you know, asexual reproduction in general is faster and more efficient. And so in situations where the environment is uh, good, where there's plenty of food, plenty of nutrients, and you know, when the going's good, it's, it's actually <laughs> a little quicker to uh, you know, not have to seek out a mate and sort of compete for a partner. So that's something that takes time and energy. Um, so, so one of the theories is the parthenogenesis is a useful strategy in those situations as compared to when resources are scarce or there's some environmental uh, challenges. And in that situation, you know, you know, sex, which 
by definition means combining genes from you know, two, two partners, two animals, um, can actually be helpful because even though it's a bit less efficient, you actually increase your chances of having some offspring that are well adapted so they can survive that pathogen, that virus, or uh, they can find food more easily or break it down more easily. So uh, yeah, one, one thought is that perhaps, you know, for, for species that can alternate between sexual and asexual reproduction, that uh, you tend to see asexual reproduction when, uh, you know, the environment is sort of more favorable and then when things are tougher, uh, you may see a switch towards uh, sex basically. Hmm, super interesting. So how big of a deal is this discovery? Would you contextualize it for us? Yeah, so it's it's a big deal in the sense that this has never been seen for condors. It's uh, also, it's the kind of thing that researchers wouldn't have known without doing a genetic test, without looking at the DNA, because otherwise you got, you know, a male and a female bird that are housed together and you have a chick. So there's no real reason to suspect or any other way to know that the male is not the father, uh, unless you actually look genetically. So it, it raises questions about this happening in the wild and how often it might happen. You know, I think in terms of the, how much does it matter? You know, I think one thing I can add about the two condors that hatch asexually or through parthenogenesis, they seem to have some health issues. It's hard to say for sure with just a couple birds, but, you know, one of them only lived roughly a couple of years and was reintroduced to the wild, but, but wasn't um, successful uh, out there. Another one spent, was I think hatched in the Los Angeles Zoo and then uh, you know, died some years later in a different zoo and, and had some issues in terms of uh, low body weight, uh, scoliosis, basically a curved spine. So they, they both had some health issues, which, uh, and that's the kind of thing that's been seen in the few cases of other birds, for example, in, in turkeys that have hatched in, in this way. I, I talked to a, uh, somebody at Mississippi State University's uh, Department of Poultry Science, which is something they have, and they've, they've seen that as well. So it, it may not, it might be the case that birds that are hatched in this way are not really that strong, that viable, that successful. And if that's true, then this probably isn't a major part of uh, you know, survival in the wild. It's just something that can happen from time to time. And that, that would be very different than, you know, species like Komodo dragons or certain types of lizards that you find in New Mexico where uh, parthenogenesis is much more common and uh, seems to be a pretty successful uh, survival strategy out there. Will the zoo continue to study this? They will. Uh, and actually they're gonna be doing more types of in-depth genetic studies. So in this study, they basically looked at specific spots in the genome, 21 different sites to make this, this particular discovery. Uh, I know they're, they're planning to do whole genome sequencing. So, you know, looking at the, along the entire length of uh, all the DNA of, of these condors, and that'll give them a clear sense, I think, of exactly what's going on at a cellular level in terms of, you know, some of the the processes, the steps you would need to get an unfertilized egg to become, uh, you know, actually a full-fledged bird. So, so they are planning to follow up on it, and and they are planning to track how often this happens again if if they do pick it up in the future. 
You can find more news online at sandiegouniontribune.com. I'm Christy Totten. Thanks for listening.